0: hallelujah it is good to be here in the house of the lord thank you lord thank you jesus thank you a worship team They, they, they they jumped right in hallelujah thank you so much so I had a chance to go to San Francisco, as I said, and while I was there, I was also able to meet up with some, of, some good friends of mine uh, from Bethany University. I got some Bethany folks, uh, Don and Vicki Solomon, who are leaders here at New Life Deep Creek. Uh, I had a chance to meet up with some of my old college friends. We haven't seen each other for almost 10 years. And the love of God, though, is just so strong between us that in the last 10 years, we've prayed for one another. We've kept each other uh, up, encouraged and and strengthened as husbands and fathers in the Lord. And and it was so amazing to see how God brought us together. And the love of God has kept the unity that we had 10, 12, 15 years ago in the Bible college days. I got a little picture for you uh, of, of us in San Francisco. Alvin, he's the tall Samoan guy. That's not me, Alvin the tall, Simone guy. The other one, uh, uh, Arsene, he's a Haitian guy. And even throughout different backgrounds, God has kept us together through the love of God. How do you know how powerful the love of God is? So today, we're going to talk about this love. So I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to talk about the love of God. Thank you, brother. Love of God, in First Corinthians 13, we're going to read a little bit. It says, "If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. I'm, I'm reading from the English standard version, so it may be a little different from yours. First two says that if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing." It continues on, it's not on your screen, but it says, and if I give away all I have and if I deliver my body, up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Let's continue on the screen. Let's read this together if we can. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Pause. Everybody got that in there? let's continue. It does not insist on its own way. All right, pause one more time. Ooh, let's just take that in. It does not insist on its own way. All right, let's continue. Let's read it together. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes All things endures all things. Skip down to verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Will you pray one more time with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. May it fill us. May it fill us to overflowing. We give you thanks. Amen. Amen. I believe it's God's heart. For the church to walk together in unity. How many would say amen to that? John 17 says the Lord, uh, Jesus prayed and he said, I desire that, the, that the, my believers would be one just as the Father and I are one. I believe it's, it's strong on God's heart for us to walk together. And one of the key ingredients for this to happen is the love of God. How many know that when we love each other, something happens, something shifts in the atmosphere? When we love each other, there's something that will happen to the world. The world will begin to see why are these folks loving each other the way that they are? I recall going to Tanzania on a missions trip, and we had a multi-ethnic team. My pastor Melvin was there uh, with us, and and, and another uh, trip I went on, it was a very multi-ethnic team, and we, we walked out uh, of the airplane, and throughout the two weeks, we were all hanging and out playing around, and and I remember when my wife went with me one year, and they said, "Why y'all love each other so much?" I said, well, because my wife is cute, Uh, but but I also said it's because I got the love of God down on the inside of me, and the love that we have for one another gives a witness. The love that we have for one another can change lives. The love that we have for one another can transform communities. The love that we have for one another, when the world and different temptations say we should be against one another, and we go against that, and we love one another, lives are changed, bodies are healed, and communities are changed transform because we love one another. We need the powerful love of God. Do you understand how powerful this love is? Do you really understand? In Psalms 103, it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. That's a powerful love. Romans 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No, no, no. Shall distress, persecution, famine, is, nakedness, danger, or sworn? Nothing not height nor death will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many know this is a strong love that comes from heaven? It's a strong love. In in Colossians it says, it says to put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved. It names all these different things that we should have. It says, have compassionate hearts. Have kindness. Have humility. Have meekness. Have patience. Bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these good things, above all the things that you have on that list, it said put on, put on love. And it'll bind everything together. Will you read that with me? Verse 14, it says, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I don't think it's on the screen, but the verse 15 says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which you were indeed called into one body. Put on love and let it bind everything together. Let it bind everything together. Let it keep everything together. Because in our text it says that prophecies will pass away. I love the prophetic. I love hearing from the word of the Lord. I love hearing what God is speaking to our hearts. I remember being in this room and Lord speaking to our hearts that Deep Creek would have a river flowing in this place. That anybody who was thirsty... Anybody who needed a little bit of love, anybody who needed a little bit of joy, would receive it right here in this room. How many are grateful that you're in a place where there's some fresh water for your soul? But how many know that even prophecies will pass away? I got any tongue talkers. Holy Pentecostal come pass away. Rave your hand. Any Pentecostal folks uh, in the house today, it says even tongues will cease. Any knowledge, or both folks, it says even knowledge will cease. Any professors or scholars in the room today, hallelujah, all these things are great, but that will even cease if you don't have love. It says you got nothing. If you don't have love, you're just a noisy gong and a clanging symbol. I used to be a drummer in my, in my former life, and I used to love banging on those symbols. I can hear it right now in my ear. That's how we sound if we don't have love. But Colossians says put on love. And let it bind everything together. Our topic for today, if you need a topic today, is a love that binds. Will you say that? A love that binds. Our scriptures tell us that we must have this powerful love of God. Are we talking about romantic love no, we're not talking about romantic love. You know, my wife is here, Valentine's Day is coming up. Hallelujah. Thank God for a good wife. Amen. Hallelujah. But we're not talking about that type of love. And high schoolers and middle schoolers, that's not the type of love you can have until you put a ring on somebody's finger. Amen. We're not talking about that kind of love. The love we're talking about, the word is agape. Everyone say agape. This, this is a Greek word. This is the word that is used all throughout the New Testament when we're talking about this deep, unconditional love. Some would interpret it to mean brotherly love, but we need this deep, powerful love. And this is the love that holds it all together. This is the love that holds it all together. So what does this love look like? What does this love look like? This love that we're talking about. John records Jesus saying this in John chapter 15, the book of John. He says, Jesus tells his disciples, this is my commandment that you love one another. As I have loved you. And he moves on to say, greater love has no one than this. That someone laid down his life for his friends. This sacrificial type of love. Sacrificial type of love. I believe that God is calling for us to sacrifice for one another. Are you willing to lay down a few things? So that your brother can live, your sister can live, and not just live, but can they thrive? John later says in First John, not John 3.16, but First John 3.16, he says, the apostle John says this in his, in his letter, By this we know, love, that he, he being Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for brothers and sisters. In order for us to stay together, to show this unity that Jesus prayed for in John 17, I believe God has called for us to walk in a sacrificial type of love. Now, this sacrificial type of love, I think, if you if you were to identify it in, in, a, in a specific relationship, is the is the, the, the sacrificial love that you find in marriage. How many old married couples? If you're gonna have a good and healthy marriage, there's got to be some sacrifice. Come on, y'all. Married couples, come on, help me. If you're going to have a good and healthy marriage, it's going to have to be some sacrifice. Amen. Somebody somebody said amen looking at their spouse like amen. Did you hear him? Don't do that today. Don't do that. So thankful that God has blessed me with a wonderful wife. We're going to be married 10 years in March. So. I think that means we're out of the newlywed category, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to keep my newlywed with you, Christina, as long as I can. Uh, I, mean, but I think we're out of the newlywed uh, category, but, but I'm so thankful for my wife. I had to go back home a couple of weeks ago to, to spend some time with my family, and, and Christina said, go, I'm fine, and, and we have four beautiful girls. Oh, you want to see pictures? Okay, well, let's just go. Seven, five, four, and two. The staircase is real, y'all. Well, Christina said, go ahead, go ahead and, and, and go spend some time with your family and go attend to your family. I got the home. I said, girl, you are awesome. Girl, you are awesome. And then while I was preparing for this message, she said, I got the house. Go ahead. And I said, girl, you are amazing. So thankful for uh, the sacrifice that my wife uh, provides for our home day in and day out. But how many know that the sacrifice don't end there because I got to know how to sacrifice too. Come on in here, somebody. We don't have no selfish husbands at New Life Church. Amen. I'm so grateful that I've learned from Pastor Dan, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Kevin, you, we all sacrifice for one another. We all sacrifice for one another. <laughs> all right. I was so grateful during our time of worship. If you weren't here in the room when uh, Pastor Wayne was leading us in a time of worship, my heart was so very touched because he talked about how we have to bear one another's burdens. How many know there's going to be times where you're not strong enough to walk this walk by yourself and you need somebody to help you bear it with you? Pastor Wayne, do not you run up here real quick? Pastor Wayne, come up here real quick. And you got to be there's going to be times where you don't have enough strength to hold up your own self, and you got to be able to know that there's someone else that's going to hold up the burdens with you. So, Pastor Wayne, when you're feeling weak, you can fall. I got you. Because Just feeling weak? I'm going. I got him. I got him. I got him. I'm going. I'm going to carry him, and you got me, right? Okay. So when I'm weak, when I'm weak, you can carry. <laughs> I got you. I got you. He got, he's got me. He's got me. Go ahead, thank you, Pastor. Because if we're going to walk in unity, there's going to be times where I don't have the strength. There's going to be times I don't have the word. There's going to be times I don't have the right thing to say. But if you can do like love says in 1 Corinthians 13, bear with me, endure with me, and unity will be seen by the world. And they say there must be a God in heaven because these folks, they may not treat each other right all the time, but love keeps us together. I was talking to my mother, uh, my mom and dad. They may be watching this today. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Uh, They've been married for 51 years. Going to be 52 in June. And, And. I was talking to her and she was telling me how there's going to be times in your marriage where, where it's not going to be all roses and sunshine all the time. And she said there's going to be these moments where uh, in, in a marriage your, your, your love tank might be empty because your spouse is not in a place to be able to fill up your love tank. Anybody ever been there before? Holly, we haven't been there because we only 10 years. But you know, uh, 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 anybody else ever been there before where you have this moment, these seasons where they can't fill their love tank because maybe they're going through something. Maybe they're uh, enduring some momentum of depression, some moments of sadness, or moments of sickness, and in that season, everyone say season, because it's not forever. It's just a season. In that season, when your marriage is going into that place, that's when my mom said, "You got to go to God and say, God, I'm going to wait on you in that season. I'm not going to look to the left. I'm not going to look to the right. I'm going to look up, and I'm going to receive some help for my marriage in this season. I feel like telling somebody." season in your marriage. God's got something for you. Endure the season. Because I heard a scripture that says that they that wait upon the Lord. Anybody know that scripture? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. Somebody say wait on the Lord. Because the season is not forever. It's just a season. God is calling us today. He's saying, can you wait on me in the midst of a hard season? Can you sacrifice in the midst of a hard season? And look to me, let me fill your love tank for a season. It's not time to give up your marriage. It's time to lean in more to the Lord. I'm not an EXO marriage conference speaker, but I think that might be good for some of us today. Lean into the Lord in the rough seasons. Don't give up on your relationships in the rough seasons. Lean into the Lord and let the Lord renew your strength because God's got something better for the people of God. It's just a season, and he's got something better in your future. If you believe that, would you say amen? Now, even in our multi-ethnic churches, this becomes even more important because I believe God has called us in a multi-ethnic church to learn how to sacrifice. Now, I grew up in a monoethnic church and we had to sacrifice there, but in a multi-ethnic church, it goes up just a little bit higher. You have to learn how to put down a few preferences. Uh-oh. All right. We got to learn to put down a few preferences, a way, our way of doing things. So that we can be able to include and allow others to, to enjoy the presence of God in the way that they were created to and the way they're used to. For instance, some of us was like, Why is he singing that song before he preaches? Why can't he just get on with it? It's all right, it's okay. But you loved me through it, and I appreciated you. Even though I started on the key, I wasn't supposed to. Uh, thank you, Lord, for okay. K. What is maybe a preference, a preaching style that you're not used to? Maybe an administrative style that you're not used to? You know, one of our leaders at the game campus, she said this. She said, if you are comfortable 100% of the time, that means someone else is uncomfortable 100% of the time. I'm going to say that again. If you are comfortable... 100% of the time. That means someone else, maybe that is different from you, is uncomfortable 100% of the time. That means I have to allow myself to be in a church, in a setting that might, I might be uncomfortable 20% for the sake of unity. So I can allow someone else to be able to let their voice go forth. Someone else to let their praise go forth. Someone else to let their style go forth. And as long as it's still the gospel, it's all right. We sang a song earlier by a lady named Dorothy Norwood. I think we have her picture. She's one of the heroes uh, uh, in our African-American history. She's an awesome worship leader. Thank God for Black History Month. Thank God for these wonderful leaders who have deposited praise music into our tradition. How many are grateful for that today? But her style might be a little different than your style but it's still the gospel because how many know you need some victory? (laughs) How many know you need some joy? How many know you need to tell the devil to get behind you sometimes? Like Jesus had to tell Peter, how many know victory belongs to the people of God? We're thankful for our differences and we learn to celebrate our differences for the sake of unity. Now, let's be clear though, we do not sacrifice truth for the sake of unity. We, 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 we don't sacrifice what, what God says in His Word so that we can stick together. The word of God says in Ephesians, it says, therefore, a prisoner as a prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul writing. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. I love this in verse three. It says, eager to maintain the unity. Lord, help us to be eager to maintain the unity. One more time. Lord, help us to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace but I love what it says in verse 15 we do this all but speaking the truth but how speaking the truth in love that means your mode of communication may need to change a little bit your timing oh Lord may need to change a little bit the verbiage may need to change just a little bit because we're going to speak the truth in love. I got any high schoolers, middle schoolers in the house today? Because we don't, we don't compromise truth, y'all, for unity. So you got a friend at school that you're walking with, having a good time. You're walking down the hall. I don't know how y'all walk now. I don't know how they walk now. You know, we used to walk like this in middle school. You know, we, you know that's how we used to do it. But I don't know how y'all walk now. But we, y'all walking in the Deep Creek Middle, Deep Creek High, and uh, I don't know where that walk came from, but it just came on out. Uh, uh, y'all walking down the hallway, Deep Creek Middle, Deep Creek High, or one of the other schools here, Oscar Smith, and as you're walking down uh, the hallway, maybe there's someone who is compromising truth. Maybe they're doing something inappropriate on the phone. Maybe they're disrespecting a teacher. Maybe they're gossiping about, uh, no, this would never happen, but gossiping about your pastor, that would never happen ever in life. Even adults don't gossip about the pastors. Um, But maybe they're doing something that is against the word of God, against truth. You don't sacrifice truth and join in. Compromise truth and join in so that you can have unity with that friend. You maintain your godliness. You maintain your holiness. But let me say this too. You also don't compromise love in order to proclaim truth I'm going to say that one more time you don't compromise love to proclaim truth because the word tells me that love is not irritable Ooh, yeah, love is not irritable it's not resentful it's not rude someone went ow So love is not arrogant So when I feel those things being being puffed up in me, when I feel those things that I see the truth needs to be proclaimed, I need to ask God, fill me with your love before I proclaim this truth. Oh, someone lift your hands right now. I had to do this early this week. Lord, fill me with your love so I can proclaim this truth. One more time. Fill me with your love so that I can proclaim this truth. Someone sent me a text message earlier this week, and I said, oh, God, I need some love because I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. I'm more than ready to proclaim some truth right now, but I need some love, Lord. I, need, I had to give it about three or four days, y'all, and I said, I'm going to wait because I, this is not love. Uh, this, is, this is vengeance, all right? This is some punishment because when you are acting in love, you don't want vengeance. You don't want punishment. You want restoration. Love is not about vengeance or punishment. It is, it is seeking restoration. Restorative justice is what we're after. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see lives changed. Lord, fill me with your love. Just about done here. Got a little bit more to go, but let me give you a few things that I believe will help you. From, our, from, from, from the scriptures that I think will be a blessing to you. So how do, we, how do we maintain this love? I believe the first thing that we uh, must do is we need to realize we need the helper to help us to love. We talked about it a little bit earlier that when you are in the midst of trying to proclaim some truth and you're not sure if, well, you, let's be real. You know that there's no love in you to proclaim that truth right now. You need the Holy Spirit to give you a little nudge. You need the Holy Spirit to come on the inside. John 14 says, I will ask the Father, Jesus is telling his disciples, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Forever. In the rough times. In the low times. The Holy Spirit says, even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. I feel like there's some of us who felt very distant from God. Anger has got the best of us. Offenses have gotten the best of us. And we are struggling to be able to love. I want you to open your hands to the Lord right now. Holy Spirit is here right now to fill us with some love. And the Holy Spirit is here to direct us. To show us how to love. You say, Holy Spirit, fill me. We don't want the Holy Spirit just to be on us, not just in front of us or behind us, but Lord, Holy Spirit, fill us today. That we may love the way that you love. One of the other heroes of the, of, 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 in, in Christian history, African American man by the name of William Seymour. William Seymour has a quote. If we have that quote, can you put it up? Uh, it's It's a quote that says The Pentecostal power is just more of God's love. If it does not bring more love, it's simply a counterfeit. When the Holy Spirit comes, He's coming to bring you more love. Some of you have been offended, treated poorly by a Christian. If someone in here, you've been treated poorly by a Christian, the Lord says, I've got love to put inside of you. Because contrary to popular opinion, Christians, we don't always represent Christ the way we should. But God says, I'm going to put some love. Anybody need to feel that love down deep in your heart? Lord says, I'm coming to fill you today with the love of God. I'm coming to fill you today with the love of God. Our second uh, thing that I believe will help us today, how do we maintain this love? I believe we need to be washed in the blood. They're saying, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a Christian stain, this red, deep stain on my heart. For what happened? Jesus washed me. He took it away, washed me white as snow. The Lord today, He wants to wash some offenses away. Oftentimes when I'm coming uh, into the presence of the Lord, um, I have to ask the Lord to wash me. Because how many know, some of y'all are, are you get angry real quick. Y'all are one to ten angry folks. Anybody got some one to ten folks in the house? Yeah, I see your hand. All right. I'm a slow cooker. Even slow cookers in the house, I, I, I'm angry and it takes me about a month to get it out. All right. Sometimes I don't even know. I'm still upset. And so what I do with the Lord, oftentimes I get on my knees. And I say, Lord, I need you to wash my heart. I need you to wash my heart with your word, wash my heart with some worship, and I need you to wash out every offense. Some of us right now, we need to lift our hands and say, Lord, wash out every offense. Wash my heart, God. Make it clean, Lord. Lord, I pray right now you would go down to the resources of our heart. Oh, Lord, and take out those areas of pain, frustration, where the devil has built a home. Tear down those homes of offense now in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks. The Lord is coming to wash those things away. I think the last thing that we see and this is an example that it comes from our church. Is that in order for us to maintain the unity, in order for us to walk in love, we must be a people of prayer. How has New Life been able to maintain the multi-ethnic church? Pastor Dan and Pastor Kevin coming together. How have we been able to maintain this unity, this love? Of well, the diverse pastoral team. We got folks from... California, folks from Texas, folks from the north, folks from somebody from Ghana. We have all kind of members of our team from Korea. How does God brought us together? It's because we pray with each other. Because it's hard to be angry at someone that you pray with. It's hard to be angry at someone that you pray for on a consistent basis. I tell you to try it. Moments where, you know, these, these uh, make-believe moments where me and my wife have an argument, make-believe moments, because, you know, we never... Maybe I should just tell the truth. When we have an argument, <laughs> and I begin to pray for my wife, my heart begins to soften towards her. And even if the thing that they've done is not right, you'll still be able to love when you begin to be a person, a people of prayer. As you ask the Lord to wash you, also ask the Lord to help you to pray for that individual. Begin to pray for them today. In a moment, we're gonna be receiving the Lord's Supper. Good service, you can go ahead and get in your spaces. As we get ready for that, I ask the service to do something a little special. I ask them to get the names of the people that they are serving in each of our little circles when we come together. And to pray for the names. But when you, after you hear these names, I want you to write them down. And I want you to pray for them throughout the week. Because for new life, to walk in unity, you've got to start praying for one another because our unity begins and ends, not just with love, but as we pray for one another. John 17 says, Lord, I want your name to be glorified. I want your name to be lifted up. We need a love that binds. We We need to put on love and let it bind us together. The song, we're not going to sing it today, but it it said, Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. With love that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. Will you grab a hand of someone next to you if you feel comfortable doing so? If you can't reach them, just act like you got a hand. I know we're kind of spread out. If you're online, go ahead and 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 if you got somebody with you, grab a hand. If you don't have anybody with you, text them a good friend of yours and say, I'm praying for you right now. And just say, Lord, help us to stay together. Help us to stay together.